Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Keto 2. I am your host, Wendy Featherston, and I am happy to be here with you today. I hope you're having a great day on purpose, and I just want to, again, extend gratitude and appreciation for all of you who take the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing it out. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for allowing me to pour into you. I appreciate you all. Without you, I wouldn't be here. And so I really want to take the time to honor you all for the work that you're doing and for just being who you are and for showing up in the world so powerfully and so beautifully. Without you, my world wouldn't be as bright as it is. So again, thank you. This episode, y'all, is about food. You know, that good stuff. And it's about soul food. I have the pleasure of introducing you to one of my um, Instagram friends that we follow each other. And her name on Instagram is Keto with Soul. So go over and follow her, right? Keto with Soul. And what caused me to want to have her on as a guest um, was, you know, as I scrolled through her timeline over on Instagram, I was like, oh, this sister uh, queen here, her food look like mine. What is going on? Who is she? Where is she from? She from now south looking at those collard greens that look like my grandmama's collard greens I was like "Mm, okay they look so good it caused me to repost them right because I was like you know I, I I want other people to see that you know it's just not me cooking you know keto soul food or anything like that it's other black women out here and we're all on the same journey and when I can find women who cook and don't mind sharing and have a passion for it. And, you know, sharing, you know, information and things. I was like, I need her on. So I asked her and she graciously said yes, really quickly. And even before we recorded the podcast, we spent a couple of hours just chatting it up. Like, really chatting it up, talked about anything and everything. And as she said, you know, when she meets someone, we're friends and we are. And I love um, the conversation that we had. And I think you will too. It is so full of yummy, delicious um, jewels and gems for you that you'll be able to utilize quickly. She shared some of her story. Um, just amazing. Just amazing. So before we take a break and bring Cam on, I just want to take the time to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this podcast, to share it with your friends and people who may want to hear what I have to say. 
um, for sending me, you know, your comments and your questions. And, you know, a few of you have even signed on as coaching clients. So thank you. I am so full of appreciation um, for you all. And I honor you um, in your journey for doing what you have to do and taking, you know, the time to put yourself first. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and just do the housekeeping stuff, right? Follow us on Instagram at blackgirls underscore keto two. We are on Facebook at black girls keto two. We are the group with 25,000, um, group members because there is another group with our name and that's good, right? It's okay. And I just want you to make sure you're in the right place. We are Black Girls Keto 2 on Facebook with 25,000 members. I am super excited about that. I say it a lot because it's amazing that we are a group of an virtual or not that of 25,000 Black women that we are there together without drama um celebrating supporting loving encouraging um cheering each other on right we are doing what people say that we can't do we are dispelling myths right we are revolutionary in this thing and that excites me to no end it really does it makes me feel good about you know the the work that I'm doing and it is not work it's fun honey I have fun engaging and doing this podcast and speaking and talking to every one of you for every um encounter that I have with you here on the podcast or even in the group or on Instagram answering questions when you send me emails um, and things. I don't mind. So if you want to send me an email, you can send it to wendy at creativelywendy.com. If you have any ideas for a podcast, something you want to know, send me an email or reach out to me um, on Facebook or Instagram through a message. You know, you can message me. Either way, I would love to hear from you. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring on Keto with Solo. Stay tuned. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I'm here. Hi. Welcome, welcome. That was a little lesson right there. I just learned how to... um do something new so awesome (laughs) plus already (laughs) yes so everyone we are here with another episode of black girls keto 2 and our guest this week is miss keto with soul over on instagram so i'm gonna ask y'all to go over and give her a follow if you want to see some really yummy food yes please please do yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we are here and we are going to talk about food on this episode because when i saw a picture of her collard greens 
that looked like my, <laughs> like my collard greens. And it was essentially like my mama's and my grandmama's collard greens. I said, oh, whoa, ho, pause. Wait, who is she? And I need to have a conversation with her. So, all right, all right. So I reached out and she um, graciously uh, said yes with no hesitation and as she said we are now friends right right <laughs> and so i don't know if you want to share your your you know name that you go by aside from keto with soul or you know oh yeah yeah easy so my my government name is cam cam howard and um you know, with the internet and Google and everything, you can find somebody if you want to. So why should I try? You know, not tell you up front. Save somebody some clicks on the computer. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> my name is uh, Cam, and I go by um, Cam. I don't go by Cammy. That girl, that girl died, and when I was nine, so now I'm just Cam. <laughs> <laughs> So if you see me in the street, say, hey, Cam, and I'll respond. So, um, but that's it. And um, and I also love Keto with Souls. So if you, you know, want to say, hey, what's up, KWS? I'll be like, that's cool. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's my name. So, so Miss Cam, I really would like for us to like just really talk all things food and I, I love okay more, you know you know as black um women you know that three spice rule or three <laughs> rule right which is so funny <laughs> before we get started I think your story is interesting um about how, why you started keto right right um and I think you know giving a backstory to them a little bit and sharing a little bit more about yourself would be really interesting just so they can get a little peep into who Cam is and why you chose Keto with Soul. Okay. Uh, well, so I'm probably different from the majority of people who um, you meet or talk to who like got an in, interest in Keto. So my my first interest in keto had nothing to do with weight loss. It was about diabetes. And I had been diagnosed, air quotes, as um, pre-diabetic. Um, and the reason I do air quotes is because some people say there's really no such thing as pre-diabetes. You know, some doctors say there there is, some doctors say there isn't. But all I do know is that diabetes runs rampant in my family, but not only in my family, in my race and ethnicity, right? So I said, okay, I started looking up some of the medications that my parents were taking, and I saw that they had really bad side effects. So mm -hmm. um, I said, you know what? I can't go down that road. I don't want to go down that road. And um, so at first I presented this like keto diet that I thought I had been the first one to find. Like, oh, there's this thing <laughs> called keto. And so my mom, when I presented it to her, she's like, girl, I ain't nothing but Atkins. And um, I was like, no, mom, it's different. She's like, no, 
I did Atkins back in the 80s. It messed my joints up. It messed my body up. And I wasn't going to, I'm not going to do it. And so on its face, when you look at keto and you don't really do your research, I thought, okay, she's right. So It looks like it, right? It It looks like Atkins. It looks like it. It like, you know, it's like, you know how they say, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Well, it looked like Atkins, but it, if you when you went deep into it, it was completely different. Yeah, and I, and I'll be quite honest. At first, I was dissuaded by her telling me that, and I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? So, um, I I'm a swimmer. Like I I could be in the pool all day, every day. And Girl, so, me too. Oh my goodness, I didn't know. That. Yes, okay. honey, I am a fish. I am an Aquarius but I am a true fish I the water calls to me same mm. here I see I told you we were friends I told yes you, told you already we were gonna be I said you know what this lady we're about to yeah anyway when you come see me I'm gonna take you to my pool like I swim in an Olympic sized pool that's a whole nother story but I love swim anyway so I'm a swimmer and I was like okay well, maybe my mom is right because I swim and I need my carbohydrates and I was swimming, but guess what? I was still having the tingling in my feet and all of that. And I was like, okay, this is not working. So I went on uh, the internet and I said, best ways to get rid of diabetes, which is a whole nother thing because people say you can't get rid of diabetes. So, um, I'm reading all of these articles and guess what? They're all leading me back to basically a ketogenic lifestyle. Now they might've been named different things, but you know, when you look at it, the crux of each diet was limit your carbs, you know, healthy fats. And then I found dietdoctor.org, which literally saved and changed my life. I believe. So I started reading. He had this free thing that you could get on his website and look at all this stuff. And he'd send you meals. And he had a really great formula for um, meal prep. And I love formulas. Like, it's really crazy because I have an, an artistic brain, but I also have an analytical brain. So when I saw formula, I was like, yes, this works for me. So I started it. A week later, first week, I called my sister. I was like, I think I lost five pounds in five days. And she was like, no, I don't think so. She said it must be water weight. It must be something else. And I was like, no, no, I really think I did. So my sister said, well, send me the link and I'll try it. And so I sent it to her. And then she was like, um... I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I lost five pounds in three days. <laughs> and I was like, no, really, really, it's it's true, it's true. And I saw my health just, like, change overnight. I had energy. I, I'm going to tell on myself, like, prior to that, you could ask my husband, you could ask my son, like, six or seven o'clock, I would be like, Okay, guys, I'm gonna go um, read in the room, which was quote code for I'm I going to go to bed. Okay, good night, y'all. 
that was good night y'all <laughs> it was and so I'm a morning person so I was like oh well maybe I'm just going to bed because I wake up early no I was legitimately just sleepy and tired mm-hmm. and my and that grain life that I was living was making me tired mm-hmm. like all of the the and I don't want to ca- say the carbohydrates because it's not just carbohydrates it's the grains and it's for me it's the grains oh yes. my god it's yes. the grains which and sugar grains oh and yeah sugar. oh yeah and oh, when yeah. you put grains sugar and then fat together it's the trifecta for unhealthy life period it's it's a hundred percent true so I'll tell you something because you just sparked something when you just said that so um you know how people say like don't put don't leave potato salad out Mm -hmm. and people and people think that potato salad goes bad because of the the mayo Mm -hmm. it's the potato that makes the potato salad go bad because the fat the potato has so much sugar and and carbs that when you put all of that together with the mayo yeah it starts a breakdown that will ruin potato salad and people always say oh well it's the, the mayo- mayonnaise yeah. yeah and it's like no the mayo is not the problem it's the potato it is so- the potato and potato and rice is the same way i was just yeah. like wow yeah and yeah. when you think about us as a people and how much rice and potatoes that we eat. <laughs> right. And we have meals that, that are heavily laden with grains. You know, oh, yeah. I think about uh, uh, a meal that, like, my mom used to prepare all the time, and so did I. And I loved it when you have, like, you know, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, um, mac- um, macaroni and cheese candy yams and greens and then if you have baked chicken you got dressing and the don't candy forget yams the cornbread and the don't cornbread, forget the- yeah. like all like all of that right oh yep. my god killing yep. ourselves slowly yep yep and then like I, like for me like one of my favorite soul food dishes is smothered pork chops like I could eat smothered pork chops with rice every day and not complain like like okay another one bring it on over and what I had to learn was like that I had to learn to equate the taste with really nice thick gravy Mm -hmm. I I had to start to like taste the flour in it if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. so like now instead I just do a nice aju if I want some sauce or something for my pork chop but what I've learned is since I'm seasoning them better we grill more I use my air fryer the seasoning gets through the meat so I don't need that gravy to carry anything do you know what I'm saying right and now I'm with you that's funny we have a lot more in common than we um know I love smothered pork chops as well like hands down right but but being a trained chef right I I did go to culinary school um have a degree in culinary arts and everything wow but but what I'm learning is that I can have gravy 
right? And and I'm but I make it differently. So I'm not doing a roux with flour and butter. But what I do after I do um pan fry my pork chops, I do um a little butter and chicken um bone broth. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I keep it um in my freezer. And so I take a couple of cubes out. That's right, a tip, right. y'all. Here's a tip. When you make your own homemade bone broth, um, put it in ice cube trays. Put it yep. in the freezer, pop them out, put them in food storage bags, and you have it instantly on hand when you need it. Good tip. Yep. <laughs> great tip. Great tip. But, <laughs> but what I also do is so I take the butter, I take um, and just a pad of butter and a little bit of the um, bone broth, which will deglaze the bottom of the pan and get all them good little bits off. And then you add a little bit of, um, well, first I let that reduce. I'll let it reduce until it, you know, gets to about half. And then add just about an eighth of a teaspoon, if you will, of xanthan gum. That uh, xanthan okay. gum will thicken it up but you have to be careful because it is a thickener it will make it too thick so I start with like a little eighth of a teaspoon and then move up from there but you don't need a lot and you just let it cook and once it cools off it'll continue to thicken until a nice um, consistency that's a quick gravy it's a pan gravy actually now, see, and that's a great idea, but your, your sister friend cannot do that because I call that a trigger for me because I'll be like, okay, so um, I got this xanthan gravy, but I need some real rice to put it on. See, and I don't, I don't even feel like that. For me, and I, I get triggers because I, you know, it's people who um, over in my group on Facebook and they are like, I, I need this and I need that. And so how I look at the food now for me, I look at how I feel. And, you know, sometimes we do, you know, we have those those beliefs that we carry around food. And I want to ask you about that. But okay. beliefs we carry around food. And, you know, sometimes we feel like because it was such a, ritual in our growing up that we feel like we need it right and what I mean is is that certain things for certain people in different households went together oh right? yeah oh yeah and 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 so it's the taste of those things that really called to you because it was a ritual it was a ritual. oh yeah you never oh, yeah. had it without it like my mother never made macaroni and cheese without candy yams. Right. And you know what's weird? Like in my house, like, and I don't know how this happened, but it happened in black culture, but it and it also happened in our in my black family. Like we started making like spaghetti and fish or spaghetti and chicken. And it was like isn't this isn't spaghetti a meal in its own it's but a like meal <laughs> yeah but like at our big family dinners we my mom would say like 
um, so-and-so's making spaghetti and so-and-so's bringing chicken. And so like in my head, like now I not crave, well, I guess the best word would be crave. Like if I'm eating spaghetti, I'd love to have a nice piece of chicken. Or if I'm having um, for, uh, like, okay, here's a very common one. Who doesn't want black eyed peas and rice? Like mm-hmm. who doesn't want like cornbread and, and greens? greens? Like, mm-hmm. so those things are, that's like, it's like our salt and pepper. Like it's, and it's okay. synonymous. It's synonymous. Yeah. Extremely. You know, it's synonymous to to the black family and to the black household. So let me ask you this question. So in my like when I coach um, women, it's, so I don't know if you know this, but I am a certified life coach. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in in when I coach people around keto or even outside of, we all have stories that we carry. And so a part of my keto coaching program is um, figuring out what your food story is. Right. And when you figure out what your food story is, then you can rewrite it. So what would you think, just and not giving too much thought to it, what do you think are bits and pieces of your food story? So um, a part of my food story or in a huge part of it is just learned behavior. So um, my mom is a pastry chef and um, we grew up with, from a technical perspective, eating food and literally breaking it down because she would make something and she would say, what do you taste in here? How does it taste to you? And so there were things that we were trying to find and things that we were um, found that were lacking. So it became like a, a study of food, basically, in my family. My mom would buy sauces. My, my parents were, were really um, culturally immersed and put, wanted that to be part of my sister and our, mine, <coughs> both of our, our stories. So... Um, a lot of it was this appreciation for food was a learned behavior. Also, my mom is one of 14 kids. Mm. So our social, um, our social construct was food. Mm-hmm. They went hand in hand. And so for me, I, my, my food story is that everything in my life that was either a milestone and and I'd hate to say also a tragedy Mm -hmm. was always accompanied with food Mm -hmm. so when the great things happened there was food when horrible things happened for example a funeral there was food Mm -hmm. so um so for me unfortunately I would say that food is an extremely important part of my life story not just my food story and you're not alone you are I always say that there was always food present when uh, you know I think for a lot of um, women back in the day food was or the kitchen 
if you will, was a place of safety. You know, women would gather in the kitchen and they would cook. And that's where great ideas and things were born, I believe, right? Um, Food was a way that, you know, people showed love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, they may not been been able to verbalize love. Oh, but honey, they gonna cook you that food. That That's you right. Knew they That's loved right. You, right. You knew your grandmama loved you even if she never said it out loud. But when she fried that chicken, <laughs> oh yeah, and baked that pound cake, you knew that your grandmama loved you. Right. You right. know. And and food is just like that. It's a I always say food is um, the bridge. It brings people together. Um, But when you know that your food story is, or part of, like, as you say, your life story is around food, then you have to do something to show up differently now because, you know, well, you, you're not going to not go around your family and food, they're not going to stop cooking you know, because Cam keto, right? Right, right, <laughs> they no. What they're gonna do. Now, some family members will honor you, but in some cultures, it's a disrespect not to eat what the people cook for you. Right, right. You know, they don't care if you, you know, if it's going to kill you or it makes you fa- feel bad. You know, I saw a, a video talking about Gluten free, the lady she said he gluten free. Well, he didn't, <laughs> like you know, it was, they were like, What is that? Shit? It was an old lady in a oh, YouTube no. video, oh, gluten free. No. He's gonna eat this stuff that I cook for him, right? Oh, and I'm my like, oh my god, but that's how some older people feel. It's like, Well, I ate it, if I ate it and it was good for me, then it's god doggone it, it's good for them. And they're going to eat it because yeah. I cooked it. And not not even taking into account that the things that they ate are so totally different than what we ate. Even there though it is. it is the same, there but it, it, was, yep. it was prepared differently. Um, it wasn't as processed. You it know? wasn't as processed. The amounts weren't as much. It wasn't as frequent because it wasn't easy, easy access. I remember, you know... Um, making picking when my grandmother would buy beans and having to snap them and mm-hmm. all of this stuff and it's like nobody's gonna do that every day these days like no. if, if we literally modern convenience has made us fat you know because it's like if back in the day when they were churning butter by hand like you would say, like I'm not putting all of that butter in the in the cornbread. Yes. Well, I'm like doing that. You get a nice slice, and we're not as active as we used to be. You know, like I always make a joke, and people say, like, well, back in the day, like and during slavery times, people weren't fat and they ate the same food. No, they had a 12 hour work day out in the sun. Well, and, and they were moving. They were constantly That's, moving. Exactly, exactly. So we cannot base what what has to change today based on yesterday. It just doesn't even make sense, like you were saying to the glutton free lady. <laughs> yes, honey. Grandma said, Grandma said, it worked for me. 
and I oh my goodness. y'all gonna eat it. So in changing your food story now that keto, so my thing was, you know, I can keto five things and right. I can still have the macaroni and cheese, but I don't have macaroni. I have cauliflower. Right. Right. And so, no, I'm not eating yams because that is even as good as candy yams were to me. Like when I now like now I know that the potato, (laughs) the butter and the sugar, that is like a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So much so that, you know, you end up like with pre-diabetic or diabetes, hypertension, or you thinking you have um, rheumatoid arthritis and it's the carbs and the grains, if you will, that is causing you to have an enormous amount of inflammation. Yeah. You know, yep. food is fuel. Food, should, you like, you know, I look, I look at the red table talk with Jada um, Smith, and I'm just like, dude. She says she she really rarely ever wants to eat. Now, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get there. Ever. I I saw that I saw that episode that you're talking about too, and I said, you know, to each his own. You know, like so. I I think that I think you can find a proper balance and I for me I had to realize that food was not the enemy like it was not a weapon that was formed against me it was my <laughs> right. relationship with it so it's not a matter of like and and let me be clear like following the keto lifestyle or you know following the keto diet you can still abuse food. So oh, it absolutely. is absolutely right. So it's not about like, oh, I'm gonna do keto and from there I'm not gonna have these issues anymore. Like they're two separate problems that that kind of overlap each other. And so, and what I've found is that when I eat carbs, my motivation to eat more is goes is higher. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like, oh, I can't eat a whole pack of bacon if I was being greedy. Sure, I could. But what happens is that fat doesn't even allow it. So I'm so satiated that I'm not hungry, that what it triggers in me is something that because now if you eat now, you do realize that this is greed because you truly are not hungry. Whereas carbohydrates for me don't give me necessarily a satiated feeling now carbs can make you feel full make your stomach hurt full but mentally your your mind doesn't tell your stomach we've had enough well for not at all fat will tell my fat tells my mind to tell my stomach you have enough to survive going back to what you said is fuel the fat tells my stomach you have enough we're going to be okay. Whereas carbs, and you're not going to die. And you're it's not okay. going to die. Whereas carbs say, 
you know what? Maybe we should get a little bit more. <laughs> and, and if you don't, if you don't eat this, it won't be anymore. Oh my and god! Yes. <laughs> you know they're going to eat it all. And and the thing that I say to that is, you know how food tastes. Yeah. Like and that's the thing that I tell myself. Like, dude, you know what it tastes like. It 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 it, it tasted the same when you ate it the first time in the middle and again so it's all right i don't have to eat those things anymore and i am so what i do is i i set myself up for success so i saw a video that you um posted on your story over on instagram um regarding your friend who's italian oh yeah to you um and you didn't hear me right I was talking to you though oh. I was like <laughs> I would have just told her get send her a recipe um for fathead dough right and right I would have said to her hey you know since you're Italian I would love for you to pimp this out for me here's the recipe you you make great dough make this make fathead dough for me right right well, I, you know what? And I'm going to do an update. But what I wound up doing is not eating that day. And I just ate the pizza that night because I knew myself. Like I said, okay, I'm going to want that pizza. Now, let me be go further and say I 100% regretted it after I ate it. At the mm. time, it was delicious. I No mistake, but... I did regret it. My stomach was so distended and I was distended and I was in so much pain. But what has changed for me, instead of me considering myself an absolute failure, I wrote that down in my book of remembers. And now it says, it says, you know what, Cam, even the pizza is not worth it. Even mm. that fresh homemade Italian pizza is not worth it. So and that's that's what I've learned to do as I go on this keto journey because there's there's been a, a time or two I I was um in Hawaii and I wanted a pina colada and I had the pina colada and guess what it's down in my book of remembrance it's not worth it now sometimes you have things that you say I'm gonna save my macros for this or that and they they're worth it every single time you have them they're worth it. That's not something you do often, but they're worth it. But like, I'm learning like, hey, that's just not worth it for me anymore. Like, and, and, and I'm growing from that. So, and that's a good thing. So kudos to you for like really being in touch with and in tune with your body to know that it wasn't worth it first and foremost, but that there was some type of physiological change to your body from eating those things, right? Oh, I had to, I had to admit it. By the way, my stomach was so hard and so, yeah. and you know what? And here, going back to what you were talking about earlier, like, so I'll just, I'll even say this. Some of the food we eat is not just nostalgic, we're chasing a high. Yeah. Like the high that we got from our last hit. And 
that's and I'm gonna be quite candid with that pizza that night. So my my friend who's home and I have a lot of history with her, her family. Like I said, she's my she's my sister. We're we're friends, but we're like sisters. And a lot of things transpired in that home. And I was chasing a high by eating the dough because I wanted to recreate an exact feeling that I had once upon a time long ago when other things were okay in, in that house. And I won't go into all of that, but that's like, I, I felt like I want to taste what life used mm-hmm. to be like here. And when I ate the pizza, I did not feel that feeling. So not only did the pizza make my stomach hurt, I was slightly disappointed with not getting the high. And in that moment, and not just in that one, but in others, I said, now I get what happens when a drug addict is chasing, doing anything to get that next hit of a drug. And sometimes we look at people on the street and we judge yep. them and we say, I, I could never let my life get that bad. Well, you know what? Choosing a donut when you're pre-diabetic is literally the it's same line crit. of mm-hmm. thinking. Yeah, it's the same, the same thought process that made that man or woman okay with hitting that pipe is the same thought process. I went through when I made when I explained the way me eating that pizza that last night, you know. And uh, by the way, shout out to my friend and her pizzas. They're so great. I just I don't want to think I'm, you know, bad bad no, the pizza. Not, I am not. not. All, it's just my relationship what, though, the with thing it. About so. it though, is I watched your video, and so and it's funny that you use the analogy of of someone who's addicted to drugs or whatever right but you were calling out for help and you rationalized that thing girl like nobody's <laughs> business and you so but but the thing that i saw that you did was that you had already purposed it in your heart and mind that you were going to have pizza you you already you yeah. you, you you purposed oh, yeah. it but the rational part of your brain was like, I know it's going to hurt me. And I know that it's going to make me feel bad. I know. I already know this, but, but, because I know it, but now we all should know that, but cancels out everything that you said before yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's yeah. going to hurt me and I know I'm going to feel bad after I eat it. But what do y'all think? Should I? Should I not? <laughs> right. And you know what's funny? Like, you're so right, because I did know I was going to eat the pizza because I, you know, considered my macros. And again, I have like a wheat intolerance, not a wheat allergy. But what I I said, you know what? Post this video because there's a, another person somewhere who's beating themselves up, themselves up because they're struggling with eating that wedding cake at that wedding, having that drink. And it's like, you know what? I wanted people to see this is normal. It doesn't mean, oh, quit keto because I struggle. It means this is a normal part of it and it gets better. Now, what I will tell you is typically in Italian culture, 
you eat an entire pizza. So she serves a person an entire pizza. So you eat a pizza, you eat a pizza. I did not eat an entire pizza, which was always what I did. But it hit me very quickly and I had one slice and then I gave the rest to my husband and to a friend of mine who was also sitting there. But it it gets it better. Does. So it because uh, it's a process. Yeah. So it's a process. Yep. And I think we as black women, we we want to go from zero to one hundred and mm-hmm. you know, like lickety split. And then we want to do the most, right? And not and we are our own worst um critics, our own worst enemies. So I commend you for being gentle with yourself and for, you know, even being candid and sharing this because it's not always easy for people to share. But I also want to commend you, Cam, for sharing it from a victorious standpoint, you know, that of a victor, because you've overcome that pizza, even how, no matter how good it is, you've overcome that thing, right? Because you can share it from a positive standpoint and and know what you did how you did it and what happened and you know how your body responded versus oh I fell off the wagon and I'm starting over like (laughs) yeah you know what it's so true and so I I have a saying and I, I apply it to my life and I always say I'll take the blame but I won't take the shame and I apply that to every single thing so when it came to that pizza I'll take responsibility Mm. or accountability for the choice Mm. I made but there's no shame that I'm going to associate with that Mm. because shame is really really dangerous you know that as a life coach like guilt and shame are really really dangerous so I always say I'll take the blame but I will not take the shame and that applies to food like Take be accountable when you need to be accountable. Oh, okay. You know what? I ate that. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. But there's no shame associated with it. But you say, "Hey, I learned a lesson. We don't do that anymore." Right. And, and the fact that you just said that you know you took responsibility for it. So we all know people want to put responsibility elsewhere like on the wagon that they fell off of right <laughs> right <laughs> you got me by the way you got me I'm like I was like what am I gonna write on my post now that she said don't you don't fall off the wagon and I don't know if you saw it I made a post and I put fell off the wagon and I put in air quotes for you like <laughs> I know I don't fall off you the didn't wagon. fall I, because I think you you stepped off that wagon and you you step yeah, off that yeah. wagon with grace and with ease, right? You and because and you and you right. were intentional about stepping off that wagon. You were. Oh yeah. You oh, you yeah. deliberately stepped off the wagon. You asked the man, "Halt right here, stop right there." You driver, driver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get off at right there at the corner of Delicious Pizza. All right, right. And I need you to right. stop and pull up really <laughs> gently. Don't be me. I need you to go ahead off, and I and stay yep. right there. I'm gonna get back on you. Going over there to the side, yep. I don't have to look at you. 
but <laughs> I'll call you when I'm done. <laughs> right, and, right. And you stepped so off, and you went and did what you did, and without shame. But the thing is, we make fun and we laugh, and it is funny. However, when you really recognize the fact that you make those choices to eat off plan, you make a conscious, concerted effort to eat off plan. And then when you can come back around and say, you know what? I did it. Y'all, I ate that, I ate that pizza and it tasted good, but it didn't taste as good as I remembered. And it didn't taste as good, um, as good as I, or, or good enough for me to go back and eat it again. Right. It made me, it right. hurt me. So that's accountability. Right. And people always look for accountability partners. Baby, look in the mirror. You are your best accountability partner. You that's are right. your best accountability right. partner. Because when you can look yourself in the face and say, you know what? Yeah, you did that. You ate off plan. It made you feel bad, didn't it? Like, I had whole conversations with myself. I ain't talking about nobody but Wendy. Like, I'll stand in the mirror and be like, okay, you ate off plan. All right. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm, did you like it? Did, do you feel good? No, your stomach is hurting. And yep. you're running back and forward to the bathroom. And now your knees and crap hurt. Was it really worth it? No. All right, then. Now what you going to do next? You're not going to do it again? So true. All right. So true. Yep. That's it. That's it. You know, you put it in your book of remember. Yes, and I <laughs> like... like that. I like that because yeah. it gives you a visual to go back to. But see, see, for me, honey, I remember the pain I feel. That's yeah. a that's a that's that's a yeah. When I look at spending um twelve weeks in Puerto Rico over the summer. When I look at the rice, the pineapple coconut curry rice that I ate that them lovely Puerto Ricans make that was really yummy. But when I look at how it swelled my ankles and made my knees hurt like nobody's business yep. for days yep. at a time. Yep. And my yep. ankles swell up and my feet swell. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> no. no, and that's 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 the thing about it. And as black women, I, I see us struggling so so often because I mean it's undeniable as as a culture of African-American women we are heavier than a lot of the other cultures Mm -hmm. and it's like and you know you ponder and you say like why are we the biggest victims of this food um this unhealthy food relationship and I'm not saying that we we have it the worst I'm just focusing on my culture I'm hyper focused on us because I'm a black woman and then when I look at it and you and you have these conversations with, with women of color especially black women it's it's interesting because I okay okay I'll give you an example my a friend of mine she said okay, I'm, I'm going on a diet. And I said, okay, well, what are you going to eat? She's like, well, I'm going to have, I'm going to have an, I'm going to have oatmeal and a banana and a few grapes for breakfast. And then she said, I'm going to have a salad with just lemon juice and like, um, (laughs) rotisserie chicken. 
And I'm I'm like I'm like she goes, I didn't last the whole day. You didn't last the whole day because you were starving. Not only starving, but starving. eating flavorless food. Eating flavorless food. You're nothing nothing was everything like the banana and the oatmeal and the grapes were probably like that probably lasted what an hour and a half and then you were hungry again and then when you were hungry again you said all I have to look forward to is a horrendous (laughs) salad with rotisserie chicken breast and of course you're gonna fail you're gonna fail every time with that but if you look at uh, into us and that's why when I came up with the name keto with soul like I I was talking to my a friend of mine and I said yeah we should do like keto soul food like so people black women will be like oh I can eat yes that. yeah you can eat that I can still have oxtails most definitely you can have your greens you can have your macaroni and cheese and all of that and and at the end of the day you can easily eat and if you're if you're mentally balanced at that time with food and not really omit much of the stuff that you've been used mm-hmm. to eating your whole life growing up and so as black women i think we have to know that like you know you say well i'm just going to have rice with butter for dinner i'm not going to have the pork chop no eat the pork chop the rice with the butter is the problem exactly you know or but we don't have enough education in that. And I think um, shows, podcasts like yours, um, other large Instagrams that are, um, that beautiful Black women are, you know, putting their information on is really helping change the, the, the conversation with keto and with food. So... Um, and I'm I'm a hundred percent interested and it's vested in getting this out to black women. Like, hey, like for breakfast, go ahead and have your baked bacon and eggs. You know, make sure you carry a snack with you, some nuts, or you know, have half an avocado or, or whatever you might need. And it's really not hard. Like it's so not hard. We make it so much harder than it has to be. So, well, we do. Like I, we do. We make it more harder. And you know why I think we make it harder? Because, Kim, we focus on all of the things that we can't have versus yeah. all of the things that we can have. So for me, when I create products around keto, when I like my quick start guide, it's a whole list of all the things you can have first. Because that's uh. important. Don't tell me what yep. I can't have because w- really and truthfully on this keto way of eating, you it's more things that you can have versus than what you can't have. It's so true. It's so, so true. It's so true. And you know what? It's like, I'm, and you just made a really good point and I'm going to try to change my mindset in the morning when I wake up to say, hey, what can I have this morning? Instead of saying, okay, I can't have this, I can't have that. I'm going to like change my mindset to say, you know what? I get to have bacon 
and eggs with cheese. That is going to be delicious. And an you avocado know? to that and cook and your, an avocado. Cook, it and butter, cook your eggs and butter. Oh my God, how yummy is that? Like amazing, amazing. Yeah, you're, not, you're yep. not eating, you know, dry toast with some avocado slug slathered over, mashed up. That's you know, ill. <laughs> right? No, it's so true. And like that's so funny because I'm I'm like so my favorite thing to eat is you know smothered cabbage. So I make that at least once a week. I see. I and see I your add Instagram. I, know. I, I love cabbage too. I know. Mm-hmm. And I put jalapenos in it because it just adds the best flavor to it. And so last night after I had that pizza, that infamous pizza. Do you know what I said? I said, oh, I can't wait to have cabbage tomorrow. And man, did I feel like I made great progress because although I had the pizza, the forbidden food, (laughs) I was able to, you know, automatically focus on, let's get back into it and and see what I get to have. So Right. And so you said forbidden food. So it when we say things like that and when we set our our minds to things are forbidden so just think about being a child you have boys when you tell them oh don't do that or you can't do that how old are your boys i well i have one and he's 18 <laughs> okay so when you were telling so you had a team right right definitely right so when you told yep. when you told him not to do something or you know, and, and what did he do? Um, whatever he felt like, <laughs> and, and, and it was it was nine times out of ten against what you said, right? Right, right, and so right. So that's right. the same thing with our minds when we tell ourselves, "Oh my God, I can't have this, and I can't have that, and I can't, I can't." It's forbidden, a forbidden pizza. That just make it sound so ooey gooey, yummy, delicious. And when you get around it, you can't help yourself. <laughs> you go run into it, you dive in it like you're going to swim, and you just jump in that pizza and go to munching. And because you have forbidden, you know, said it was forbidden. And I think the beauty of keto for me is, is that you get to have just like you said, bacon and eggs cooked in butter you can cook your greens and bacon grease o m g or fried fat back or pork, <laughs> right right and you can have those things you can smother that cabbage down like your grandmama used to do in that bacon grease <laughs> and yep and it's as i do <laughs> good for you and but when you when you start using the word forbidden and um i can't have and you think about the lack so Keto for me is not a a way of eating that is, you know, in deprivation. And I think for me, diets in, in my past life has always been, you know, what do you have to deprive yourself of? Right, right. I, well, I don't make it. My wife, (laughs) let me be clear. I'm not a fathead dough maker. But my wife makes a fathead dough, baby, and roll it out thin and cook it on. We I have a pizza stone. We heat it up, put it in the air fryer, and that's a that's a damn good pizza, right? Okay, 
So first, I'm gonna need the recipe. I'll, I'll get it um, and second, and secondly, <laughs> I okay. This is what I'm gonna say. Like I agree with no forbidden or not allowed food, but I sometimes will say I'm on a diet because for me, it again, I'm a structured person. Like, so for me, when I am on a diet, I am going to structurally construct things in a certain um, parameter just for a limited time. So like, for example, like when I do a keto reset, I am on a diet because I have no intention of living like that for the rest of my life, you know, but it's a necessary adjustment. And again, it's accountability because what I have to tell myself is you took privilege with certain privileges with food for a really long time. We have to adjust this. So I don't trick myself into thinking like, oh, I'm just eating differently now. No, there are consequences for my actions. And one of those consequences is that temporarily there has to be a little stricter adjustment and then I can go into the keto lifestyle. That will allow me, if I want to, to have something extra. But, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I see a lot of people on Instagram who's, who tell people like, oh, well, you know, you're just gonna live this life and eat this way and don't count calories and don't do this or don't do that. Initially, they might have to because we're dealing with food trauma. So initially we have to kind of like, it's almost like, it's almost like braces, you know, like for a little while they have to be really tight but then they loosen when you get some act right in you and then you can go on from from there. And and that's not for everybody, but for me, like I have to I have to kind of sometimes put myself in check if that makes sense. Right. So I don't know. And so I, I and I hear you, right? But I I don't like the word diet because for a lot of people, diets the word diet and being on a diet is the source of their trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when you start off as a child being seven and eight and five and nine, being your mother's putting you on a diet because your mother's thinking you're too fat and you are a kid. Are you kidding me? Right? So the yeah. word diet is the source of a lot of women's trauma and the word diet means to restrict oneself to small amounts or special kinds of food in order to lose I think about the fact that the weight loss industry is a trillion dollar business right because Mm -hmm. of people who are on diets and it's almost like we use it as punishment because we're restricting ourselves and then that's why you feel bad and so it's like being in an abusive relationship all right so I ate off plan now I gotta go 
and get my act right together. Now I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And I'm going to put myself on this restriction as if I am chastising myself, as opposed to seeing yourself through kinder eyes, as opposed to, you know, treating yourself like you would treat a child, you know, that you love and care about. And that's the thing that I think that we don't do for ourselves. We will condemn ourselves. We will restrict. We will be, you know, that whole strict dish and I can't, you know, we are our own tyrants to ourselves as a woman. And it plays out in our lives other ways. But when you do that with food, you've already, you know, been traumatized with food either not having enough food or, you know, having food taken from you, having food um, being used as a source of abuse from, you know, partners or whatever, not having enough money to buy food. And when you use that, you know, lack, because it, it puts you in lack. I can't have, I can't have, it's deprivation. And I personally don't see how that has been beneficial. The reason the weight loss industry is a trillion dollar business for all of the people who are on diets over and over and over and over again is this diet. It's the the, the cabbage diet, the Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, weight, whatever. All of the ones that have been gone, the, the heart disease diet. It's always a diet. It's always a diet. No, and I, you just made some points that so I was not a chubby kid. I, I never had any food issues growing up. My, my, my food, well, I don't, yeah. So my, my unbalanced relationship with food came much later in my life as I grew up and I cooked more in the household and I started, Ooh, that's good. I want some more kind of deal. So what you're saying about like, diet the word diet almost being a source of trauma for like people who had that stuff down their throat makes a lot of sense and then your point too is food being almost weaponized mm -hmm. when you know it's being held as held back or you know all of that they so did that, it in slavery they did it in slavery yeah, yeah that's true that's true so i have no personal association with that but it is it is valid it's it's really valid so you gave me something to think about so you don't know this or I don't think I told you this so I um do a sort of community resource um coordinating yeah, you told me. In, in, okay in a community so I run a food line on Mondays where we give away food and um because of the poverty level of some of the people their relationship with food and i i only brought this up to kind of further um support what you just said but i have people and they'll just grab food grab food grab food and you look at them and a lot of them are very very they're they're so below the poverty level but you look at them and they're immensely overweight mm -hmm. and you're like how does this work how is it that you have no money and yet you're overweight 
because the lack of food security leads has led them to become greedy or the lack of um, knowing where their next meal is coming from has led them to um, hoard food. And when I say hoard, not just by storing it in their cabinets, by consumption, hoarding it as they eat it. Or the lack so, of good food so they don't have access. It's a lack of access to to good quality, healthy food and thinking they, they have to take something that someone else is giving them. Like they right. don't have a choice. They have right. no choices. Well, uh, to be clear, so because I work with the where I live, the food bank here, um, and the USDA supplies a balanced amount of food and nutrition um, and makes meals accessible. Uh, it's, it's part of the Farm Act, actually. So, by the way, if anyone listening to this knows of a family in need, you can contact your local food bank, and there's a ton of resources um, out there for people to get food. 40% of the food in America is wasted. We have no lack of food, but we have a lack of access to certain programs. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, so on my food line, like uh, last week, it was peaches, nectarines, avocados, Meyer lemons, green onions. I mean, it was beautiful food. I, I even got some Meyer lemons myself. Absolutely. I need <laughs> <Yeah>. some of them. <laughs> And so you look and you, so I look at what people are taking, not because I'm there to judge. I'm just interested in what, what the things are that they're taking, taking. And um, so you have a generation of women who like, for example, my mom and my grandma were stay at home moms for the most part they cooked for their children they had time to cook for their children right today women don't have the time Mm because they're working or they're working two jobs or they're just too tired when they come home Mm -hmm. so in in my line when i would if i have any boxed items they take the boxed items Mm -hmm. they take anything that's boxed anything and yeah, anything that you can rip the top off the package and dump in. Now, I there are two um, ethnic groups that with strong representation in my food lines. There are Mexican people, and then there are the African American people. I noticed that the Mexican uh, ladies have a tendency to take the raw products because they're going to cook with them mm-hmm. because culturally that is something that. Is still a strong tradition that has gone that yes, in generation by generation. Whereas, I could ask one of my younger cousins right now, "Hey, how do you make a ham? How do you fry catfish?" They couldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. They just simply wouldn't know because go to the carry out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you want a DoorDash or Postmate? That's what they'd ask me. You know? right. So you see, culturally, that the shift in economics has has impacted um, some of our traditions and changed it. So you have a lot of packaged food, and 
I go back, and I don't mean to sound redundant, it's about chasing a high. So certain foods have those ingredients in them, and they give the, the monosodium glutamate and all those crazy things give people the high that they want mm-hmm. that they don't get out of fresh food. And so they haven't been taught how to, you're a trained chef, you know, and you like, I, you and I both know there's nothing on the planet better than butter. <laughs> there's no. literally nothing on the planet better than butter. And I'll, I'll have sometimes ladies say, you know, oh, I'm going to make this. And I'll say, oh, what are you going to put? And she, they'll say, oh, I have a lot of, mar- I'm going to put it in some margarine, margarine. in it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, and, and again, you meet people where they are. So I don't judge when they say that. And I say, well, you know, the butter is this. And they say, well, margarine is 98 cents. I don't know. And butter is $3. And that $2 matters to them. So, yeah, it does. And you know what, though? You, when, so I think it's cool that you, you know, get to be able to help them, you know, educate them in certain things. You know, butter is one, um, margarine is one molecule away from plastic. Wow. One molecule away from plastic. If you look at the um, chemical structure of it, it's one molecule away from plastic. Wow. Um, wow. If you even put margarine in the, um, in a pan, uh-huh. if you put margarine in a pan and let it sit, you'll... Um, somebody's at the front door. Oh, God. Somebody's at my front door. Thank oh, you, Amazon. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> but um, when, I, oh, I think that's my um, Amazon. Lady. See, that's what y'all get for this, this live show. <laughs> I did an Amazon Prime order. Um, uh, Amazon now, Prime now oh, for okay, groceries okay. from Whole Foods. So right, right, right. Which is for my first time, so that was fun. But so what I was saying about you are able to impact them, and the um, margarine being one molecule away from plastic. If you put margarine in a pan and let it sit, I used to fry bologna in it. Right, my grandmother used to buy blue bonnet. Um, cause everything tastes better with blue bonnet on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And so that was a commercial for those of you who don't know, but, um, she would put, put the um, margin down, fry the bologna when you come back. It's this thin plastic. Wow. On top of it. And I didn't know that as a kid. I just would move it and, you know, wash the pan or whatever. But, and just because I have a love of chemistry and and, and science and things, I learned that in school somewhere. Um, that is one molecule away from plastic. Wow. And so, you know, it's that they people don't know that. But I used to work for, oh, volunteer. I didn't work. It was a volunteer effort. Um, for a center, um, Women Against Abuse Shelter. And it was women, they were about to go leave the shelter and get their own houses. And so they, you know, they had, you know, food stamps and things like that. And so they were needing to get back into, you know, the 
I want to say the regular world, but start a new life, right? On their own right. outside of the abuser. And so I volunteered to take them shopping um, and take them and show them how to buy fresh produce um, in Philadelphia, where I'm from. And we went to our Italian market and I showed them how to buy fresh produce. And then we would go back to the center and I would show them how to cook them. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of our youth and younger people now don't know how to cook them nope they don't know how to cook greens now you know i thank god for the greens that you can buy already cut up in a bag i do you know right it's right, a beautiful right thing it's a beautiful thing <laughs> but <laughs> baby let me tell you something it's, it's it's a beauty in knowing how to um pick those greens and then wash them and then in the culinary term shifting out them but my grandmother said you roll them and cut them honey that is right. right yep and how to pluck string beans yeah and you know how to do those things it's a beauty in that how to cook a cabbage how to cut up a cabbage to cut the core out of the center what is yeah. a cabbage what are yeah. Brussels sprouts that they don't just come in a bag, they come on a stalk. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Right? right? Like yeah. it's those types of things. It's it's the the trifecta of, you know, onion, celery, and peppers. You know, and in New Orleans it's the Trinity. Right? Yep. It's the yep. Trinity. And you add a little garlic to it, and people think you can cook, honey. <laughs> <laughs> You just in there doing. You want people to <laughs> look. I, 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 I'm about to tell a story about how I used to fool people. I used to just cook onions and peppers, and people thought I was cooking, honey. I put them onions and peppers in the refrigerator, but the house smelled like I could cook when I was dating. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny, right? But it's, 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 it's them not only having access, because you can have access all day long to, to, good quality foods but if you don't know how to cook those foods excess don't matter no it doesn't matter that's 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 the thing and that's what what i'm seeing so i i had um i i so with my community group i i put on little like events and so we made avocado smoothies the other day and man you should have seen people were like what avocado smoothie I'm like it tastes like ice cream it tastes so delicious it's literally one of my favorite things to like ways to make a shake and by the time they were done girl I had run out of everything I had there I was like somebody better bring me some more avocado (laughs) (laughs) but they loved it and they were like what did you say was in here again I was like, it's cashew milk. It's um, uh, what did I put? Cashew milk, avocado. Then I put the vanilla um, Locano um sweetener in there. Mm-hmm. And I said, and ice, and oh, and some whey powder. I go, that's it. Nothing else is in there. And they're like, but it's so creamy. It's so good. I said, yeah. And you one said lady. Avocado. Yeah, and one lady swore. She goes, I know there's a banana in there. I go, there's no banana in there. 
smoothies do not have to have bananas. No, they do not. <laughs> they do not. So, yeah, so that is what I want to take all around, you know, like to all black women. And and I'm not and I'm not hyper focused on black women because I think that no other group matters. I'm hyper focused on black women because I feel we're the most neglected when it comes to talking about healthy eating. Because I we feel are. like I feel like and the you're world a black woman. Yeah. You're a black woman. And, and I'm it's a black okay. woman. Yeah. It's okay to be hyper focused on yourself because the model that I live by is I want for my sister what I want for myself. That's right. And I am my sister and we mirror each other. That's and right. so if, if if I can see good health in you, I can see good health in myself. That's right. So, so it's okay, honey. We don't make no apologies here about focusing <laughs> on us. Now, no, no, no. Clear about that. No, no. What, no, what I was going to say for clarification is what I was going to say is that I feel like outside they, the outside powers that be or whoever you want to call it, look at black women sometimes and say, they're not interested. Right. They're not interested. Like they're, we're, what we're interested in doesn't, doesn't um, come in the form of food. And it's like, yes, we're really interested. Not only are we interested, it's necessary it is like, necessary. Yeah. So no, I a hundred percent agree with if I can show someone like, hey, yeah, I like I like um cornbread. Yeah, I like macaroni and cheese too. And I was still able to do this, it gives them more of an incentive to give it a try. Right. You know, you look at Becky with the good hair and you say, like, well, Becky with the good hair only eats celery anyway. Like, I like to throw down. But if you look at somebody like me and you say, oh, sister girl likes to eat. So if she can do this, then I can do this. And that's it makes exactly- a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. When you see yourself and the reason the name I chose Black Girls Keto too is because I didn't see Black Girls Keto in two. Okay. <laughs> well, you manifested. You put it. You manifested. Look, listen. Said, I didn't see it, honey. I was like, "Well, where the heck are the black women? Why? Why does everybody? You know, all the women in the group. My my girlfriend who introduced me to keto. You know, she she's a white girl, and I'm like, okay, that, that's nice. That's nice. And and she's not a skinny white. But she's curvy, and you know. Or whatever, and that's fine. But she put me in this group, and I didn't see me, and I just didn't. I it didn't correlate for me. I was like, "Ooh, okay." All these people putting butter in their coffee, yuck. Um, <laughs> and and they look, they're having success, but they don't have curves, right? Right, right. They don't have curves. They don't have the same body makeup like me. So it was harder for me to see what they were experiencing ever be possible for myself that's so true it was in the food let's not talk about the food i was like they're posting where's the the, that i'm going to that three um spice um (laughs) minimum rule yeah i was like they just use salt and pepper and huh what where they do what where's the black pepper and the garlic powder and the paprika 
and the onion powder. Where's give throw a little cumin in there? Where is these things? Girl, sometimes I saw them that you saw and pepper, and I'm like, you know what? Cream cheese is not a seasoning. Okay, so. <laughs> You cannot put this chicken and put some cream cheese on it and not put some salt and pepper on it. It's not gonna work. No, so. no, it's not. I'm just like, okay, so you know, I didn't see myself in anything. I was like, I, I can't do this, is not sustainable for me. But like you, when I did my research and found out that I can do these things, I was on a mission to, as I say, keto five, all of the things that I loved. I was like, this right here is good shit. So what's, <laughs> what's your favorite thing that you've keto five? What's your favorite thing? Um, my, the cauliflower mac and cheese. Okay. My keto fried chicken that I fry in lard and I use, um, lupin flour okay okay i haven't tried the lupin flour yo don't get it from walmart because it says lupin on the front but if you flip it over and read the ingredients it has right rice flour Uh, flour and potato starch okay okay i order it from amazon the one at walmart is 5.99 because it don't have a lot of lupin in it um, and by law, they can put lupin on it because lupin is one of the ingredients. Right. Right. But we also have it. Um, I get it from Amazon and it's all lupin. Lupin is a legume and it's very high in fiber. It's very highly di- um, digestible and it mimics regular flour to a T. It's oh. just yellow. It's oh, just yellow. You're gonna have to send me that Amazon link to the exact one you buy. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It, it, you... It's just yellow. That's it. That's all. No more. No less. Now, um, do you ever make your gravy with the lupin, or you just no, use the I have from... not. Okay. I have not. But you know what? I'm gonna try it. Try it. Yes. Try it. I'm gonna try so, it. So, but I'm you fry it. your chicken in the lupin. Yeah, I fry my chicken in the lupin, honey. Okay, so I, I'm gonna need that link because I'm gonna fry some chicken this week, and we're gonna I'm gonna use the lupin and try it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm that excited. that flour is a game changer because what I started doing initially with it was like when a recipe called for almond flour, I would go half and half or add a quarter of the lupin. So like with my keto cornbread. I don't do use all almond flour. I'll use a mixture of lupin, almond, and coconut. Okay. Okay. Right? And so whatever it calls for, if it calls for two cups of um, almond flour and a, say like a quarter cup of coconut flour, I'll keep a quarter of the quarter cup of coconut flour and I'll sub out either a half a cup or to a cup of the lupin. It gives it one for cornbread for me, it gives it that yellow color. Okay. Okay. And it kind of takes takes away some of the grittiness of, of, okay. of, of the almond flour and it doesn't make it as moist as almond flour does. So it has 
the grit and texture of of cornmeal if you will really okay all right is it you that when you fry your fish you use a mixture of that's me (laughs) okay okay Uh, of the zataran um yep 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 so if you if you mix um some of that with lupin flour you're gonna get a better you're gonna get a better product you already know that's where my head is right because i'm gonna like get a better product all right because you know when i looked on the back of that before i bought it and it was like four carbs i was like oh so if we stretch this out we could probably get it to two now if i'm using that lupin you're you're changing the game you're changing right, the game you're gonna, for you're me. Gonna, and you're gonna get a better product you're gonna get a better texture um and you're gonna get more fiber you know i mean i look at stuff like that so yeah yeah cancels out the you know yeah okay then that's what's up like i'm super excited and and i'm begging now i need your recipe for your mac and cheese flour mac and cheese i need your lupin link what else so so i use a ton of different cheeses i really do my grandson my grandson he's 15 and he says, my mom, can you make macaroni? I said, Terrell, I don't use um, macaroni anymore. I use cauliflower. He was like, no, no, it can't taste the same. Now, my daughter, she does keto. She's 24. And she's like, um, but Wendy, but, but Wendy, but mom, I'll, I'll eat regular. Um, the cow, she told my grandson, she said, no, Terrell, it tastes just like it. You wouldn't even know. They could eat a, a hotel size pan macaroni, of macaroni and cheese that I make. What? Between okay. the two of them, oh. I use about 10 to 12 different types of cheese. Are you no, kidding me? Sometimes more. It, it just depends, like Gruyere and Asiago, Parmesan, um, different types of cheddars, <laughs> like um, Havarti. Oh, Havarti. my. God. Like, because. I like the cream Gouda. Oh my God, Gouda. Now, if I was one to do about five to six cheeses and not do as many as I've done in the past, I these are the cheeses I would use. I would use Gruyere. Okay. Havarti, okay. Okay. Gouda, not smoke, just plain Gouda. Right. Uh, extra sharp cheddar. Okay. And a Kobe Jack blend. Got it. Hold on, okay. one more, one more, okay. and a white Vermont cheddar or Wisconsin white. Okay, I got them. I got them all. I got them all right now. So we're about to go. To and so now. here's another thing that I do with my my um cauliflower mac and cheese, my faux mac and cheese as I call it. I steam okay. mine in a steamer pot. I don't, I, it never touches water. So I, oh, I, okay. I, I, I cut it up and steam it. And then I, because like I have a, a steamer pot that you pull the rack out of so it never touches water. Yeah, yeah. And then I dump it in a clean kitchen towel and I wring it out, wring the water. Get, get all, all the, the water, water out. out. And so I may have to use two or three towels, but I want it to be dry. 
And then, I mean, I'm not ringing it. I'm, I'm just squeezing it a little bit. I'm not ringing it till it's like all mush. Right, right, right. right. But then I put it in um, my baking dish and I take the potato masher and I mash it down a little bit. Yes. Really? So it okay. gives me the eye, the look of pasta. I don't want big pieces of white broccoli as I used to call it as a kid. Uh, right. I no broccoli. Right, I right. Look. I wanted to have the consistency and the look of pasta. So I, I take a potato masher and mash it down just a little. Just until it looks it's small pieces. Okay. And then I, okay. I go through and I make it the way that I do. Um, you know. But that 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 okay. because to me, you know, you eat with your eyes first. And it doesn't yep. look like macaroni yep. and cheese to me if it looked like cauliflower with cheese on it. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, this is I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need all the key. So do you well you'll send it to me. So. Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Look, I yeah, I need all of this information because I'm gonna make one. So um but now I am so you got me so hungry now. I know. Uh, I, I'm, oh, my fast is over. I think I would think I was done at twelve oh four. But <laughs> we could talk like for hours about food and all. Yeah, this stuff. yeah. We could. So I will definitely have to have you on again, especially maybe up and around Thanksgiving. Maybe. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. So I'm doing keto cooking class for the ladies in my group and oh wow. and so we're gonna do it um live so i'll send and i'm gonna do like it's gonna be like a four maybe four to six weeks it depends four to six weeks but four for sure um weeks and i'm going to cook recipes that will lead up to thanksgiving so they'll be able to make cornbread dressing for the holidays, you know, but it's keto. How to very you know, a, nice. again, that thing, thing, thinking that everybody know how to cook greens and they don't. So we're going to learn how to cook some greens in a pressure cooker, right? Um, where you right? can 30 minute right. greens. You don't have to cook all day long. Yep. Um, My best but, friend. you know, how to brine a turkey keto, to, to keto brine like I make a keto brine it's like oh wow you know those types of things and it's leading up to my I'm doing a um digital cookbook of the month club and so every oh, month wow. a cookbook will come out so are you familiar with like the Pillsbury um yeah, yeah like so it'll be just like those oh yeah a month you'll get you know to be a part of the club you get a recipe of the month club, you know a new um, cookbook so they'll be themed out it's going to be fun and you know so i i'm launching that hopefully this weekend hopefully that's my this weekend if not it'll be the weekend after but <laughs> wow wow you you know what you've got you've you've got some great keto future sites like I mean you're I 
I'm motivated by what you do because here I am, like I I throw some pictures on a page, <laughs> and you like I got a cookbook coming out. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. So let me let me get my butt in gear. <laughs> well, I just think that if if we as black women are on this journey, and if we want to leave a legacy for other black women coming up behind us, then we have to, you know, give them and leave a blueprint, right? We have to leave You're so right for them. And, you know, other people are doing it. Why, you know, why are their cookbooks the go-tos? Yep. You, you understand? And yep, I... I hear you. I hear you very mm-hmm. clear. <laughs> why? Why? Why, no. why are they the go-to's and not ours, right? And not ours. And so, you know, we we can still. And they don't cook like we cook. We don't. They don't cook our food. They don't. They they not they not cooking. You know, with soul or they not in the kitchen keto cooking with Wendy. Like nobody. They can't. Nobody can do it like we can. So true, so true. Okay, so now you got me so hyped. I'm, I'm gonna have to go buy some oxtails today. That's what I gotta do. You didn't, okay. you didn't talk me into. <laughs> I was, you know what? Should so, I make neck bones? I don't. I think I'm like I'm so motivated right now, like to make something for dinner. My, I, so I told you I'm highly structured in certain areas. So. Mondays for me is usually chicken, uh, baked chicken of some sort. But you've got me outside the box, Wendy. And that's so. the thing. If I could get women to um, totally stop, get out of a box, honey. We are too big for a box. Your personality is so way bigger than a, a box. I don't, uh, honey, they don't even have a container. Tell me about it. <laughs> they don't even have a, a container large enough to contain all vibrancy and the bigness that that's you cam like for real and so I, I like i'm so serious and so like dude get listen i say dude i don't mean god but sis i'm from california it's fine <laughs> like get out of that 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 I, you know people always say stand in my lane honey that i honey I possess the whole world. What the hell are you talking about? Stay in my what? <laughs> I possess the whole world. That's why we have indicators on our cars to signal to somebody else when we're about to shift a lane. Yeah, I'm coming Listen. over. <laughs> I'm coming <Listen>. over. <laughs> it's, it's big enough for everybody. Like, I, I, I believe in abundance. I believe in, you know, more than enough. Right. And it's more than enough for all of us to get not just a piece of a pie, but pies, honey, sing you a plural with the S. Pie. I, I agree. You know, you, I you agree. Not sweet thing. potato, but pie. Listen, and I'm, I can help you do your thing and we can do things together. That's the beauty of life in general. But as black women, women, black women, I, I, I say it all the time. Martin Luther King Jr. was where he was. Malcolm X and all those um, great people, they were where they were because of the women that got together. When women gather, oh, yeah. oh my God, when women gather, oh my God, mountains are moved, lives are changed, communities are built, 
things happen when women gather. Healing takes place in the community when women gather. Food is put in the ground. Seeds are planted. Food is grown. Things are harvested. Like life changes when women gather. Yep. Yep. And you know what? What what changes most with when women gather is our ability to see our oh. potential. Like when we talk about strength and numbers and when you get a lot of us together, there's nothing more beautiful to me than being at a, an event that's full of black women and you look to your left and your right and you say, man, that lady's beautiful. Look at that lady, how pretty she is. Look at her. Do you see her hair? Do you see and her you see skin? Her. You, and Do you see you how she's... see yourself in her eyes. And she sees and herself. Yeah, and then halfway through, you say, man, we a bad group Listen. of women. You know, you and you just elevate immediately. You say, mm-hmm, feels so good to be queen. Feels so, so good. good. And if she can do it, <laughs> I can do it. If That's she's right. making it, That's right. oh, I know I can make it. It gives me hope and 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 strength to continue on to reach the you know whatever goal or whatever even if I didn't have a goal honey when they gather and you gather with women like you're saying baby you come out with all kinds of stuff because the energy that we bring to a space and that when we connect those energies you're talking about collective consciousness and you talk about collective manifestation. Yeah. Right? Yep. You you talk yep. about you talk about royalty. <laughs> Come on, man. Listen. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> man. Oh man, oh man. Well so it's funny you, I was just gonna say when you talk about the royalty thing and, and I'm gonna leave it and we'll talk about it again next time, but when, when we say royalty, so many people think of the family in England as if that's the only royalty that's ever mm-hmm. existed on the mm-hmm. planet. And when you think of royalty, the first king and queens were not in not England. I'm just going to put that out there. All. And then <laughs> we'll talk about not that another day. But Yes, yeah. and we will table that. However, I like to end the conversations with two questions and this is my Oprah-esque um, way of closing. Okay, cool. So the first question is I am. Okay, so I have to complete yes, that ma'am. sentence. Right? Um, first question, dang, Wendy, could you have thought of this <laughs> Could you no, give me this it's, at it's the beginning? The Do you that that later? I, I am. <laughs> oh, I would have to say I am ready. Awesome. And the yeah. next question is keto is. Um. Well, I this is kind of an easier one for me. Keto is possible. Mm. It's possible. I love it. I absolutely love yeah. it. Ma'am. Well, thank you so much for for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been so cathartic. Well, thank you for your yes. 
thank you for your candor. Thank you for sharing all the beauty that is you. Thank you for your words of wisdom and encouragement to myself and other women that will hear this from years to come. And thank you for your legacy. Oh, wow. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. All right. I'll see you on Instagram, Mama. Oh, for sure. No doubt. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much. I will. Bye-bye. All righty. I hope you enjoyed listening to Cam and I chatted up about food and you have been inspired to you know, go in the kitchen and cook you some food and try different things. And don't forget about our, you know, three spice rule. You got to have at least three spices or three seasonings, right? You just have to. So I got a message from a young lady about, you know, why she couldn't, um, or she felt like she wasn't releasing weight the way she wanted to. And she was so, I guess, focused on what she couldn't have and what wasn't working for her and what wasn't going on. Like all the things was what she wasn't doing. Her focus was on everything that she didn't want. And so I I found um, this affirmation that works for me or this quote that always works for me. And I say it all the time about shifting your focus. But what I sent her was this, when you focus on what you want, everything else falls away. And what I sent was that, you know, the message that I wanted her to get was when you shift your focus to what you want versus what you don't want, then you'll get the things that you want. Because what Ever you don't want will fall away. Everything else will will just disappear. It will dissipate. So if you are wanting, you know, to work out more, don't focus on the fact that, you know, all the days that you miss going to the gym, but elevate and celebrate the times that you do go. So if your plan is to go to the gym five days a week and you only make it three, well, don't be down on yourself and beat yourself up for not making it the five days. But look at the fact that you made it three days. Celebrate that. Say, oh my God, you know, I did this. I made it to the gym three days because truth be told, it's probably more days than you made it, you know, the whole year in a in, consecutively or consistently, right? What I want us to learn to do is to get into the habit of celebrating ourselves more than not celebrating ourselves and beating ourselves up. Celebrate yourself. Be happy for, you know, eating on plan the whole week, you know? Don't focus on, you know, eating off plan. Look at, you know, what you've done. When you shift, when you shift, it's a shift that has to happen. That mindset of 
all that I'm doing great, then you will do more great things. You'll see all of the great things that you are doing. That's that's key right there, right? You'll be able to see because your focus has been, you know, cleared. You cleared up that focus. See, a lot of times, y'all, things get a little murky because we hear, you know, other people's you know, say things to us and we, you know, we have that negative chatter in our head. We'll read stuff in the group about, you know, other people's success. And then we, you know, go ahead and, you know, judge ourselves against them. Well, she's doing this and she's been doing this for a shorter period of time and she's having great, greater success than I am. And, and then it causes us on this downward spiral of, oh, woe is me. It's not working for me. But what we don't see is all of the work that we're doing, right? Because that we're, that's not our focus. So listen, Queens, shift your focus. Focus, man, focus, shift it to, to, to seeing the best of what you're doing and not what you're, you know, all of the, the bad and the negative. Don't, don't worry about that because if you are consistent more than not, you will have more celebratory moments. And I'm going to just go ahead and and say this. And even when you do decide to eat off plan or don't work out or you don't feel like it, honey, sometimes taking a nap is good. Sitting down, just being still and quiet, that's still movement, right? That's still doing something. So honor your bodies. Honor your bodies. Take some time to get clear about what you want and don't make your goals so lofty, y'all. You know, it's a new month. October is here. We're four days into October. And I always post in the Facebook group about, and even on Instagram, what what goals do you want to set? And some of y'all post these lofty goals, want to release 15 pounds, 20 pounds, work out. And not only like they are they lofty, but it then it's like so many different things. You want to do this, that third, the third, and, and then another thing. And I'm just like, what's one new goal is always what I post. What's one goal you want to accomplish? One. So when you set your focus on one goal, you have focus energy, focused attention, and focused intention on that one goal. And I can bet you dollars to to donuts that if you just worry about one goal or focus, don't worry, focus on one goal for the month, not only will you reach and exceed that goal, you'll probably go ahead and look in and see the fact that you have done some other things. But It's the one thing that you have to focus on. So if it's meal prepping, then focus on meal prepping. And your meal prepping don't have to look like everybody else's meal prep, right? If it is uh, more movement, we have a walking challenge going on over in the group. Jump in, register and join the walking challenge, right? And what will happen is you'll, you'll go ahead and join us and then you will meet your goal to add more movement to your life. See, let's, let's talk about movement really quickly, right? Movement 
doesn't have to look the same for everybody. I don't like the gym. I've said it before here on this um on a podcast. I don't like the gym. I never have. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. But dancing and uh, walking and um you know swimming is my that swimming is my jam. Be it in the ocean, walking the beach, um in a pool, swimming is my jam. I love the water. It calls to me. But when you um just add movement and whatever that is, whatever that movement is for you, right? Don't judge yourself against somebody else's movement. If other people are lifting weights and you can't lift weights, like I can't lift weights. I have a hernia. Um, so I'm not able to lift weights. You know, I can sit down and lift, but lifting weights don't ring my bells either. Now, what I do like is the um, bands, the um, resistance bands same pro you know same process it helps to build muscle but it's not strenuous so find those things that rings your bells and do those things and shift your focus and watch how your weight releasing journey will change when you shift your focus just watch if you don't believe me try it i dare you I dare you to try it and just focus on one thing. Focus and have that, you know, focus energy on that and set set an intention for that focus thing that you want to try. Baby, I promise you, you will rock it all the way out. You will far exceed what you set forth. And don't make your goals so lofty. And and make them attainable. So the body is not able to release 15 pounds every month. If you've had that um, be your story, you know, because you've released water weight, you know, kudos to you. That wasn't my story. Um, And it's not a lot of other people's stories to release 15 pounds in a month. But if that is your story, Or if you had a large number that you released in a month, your body just, you know, can't sustain that. It will level out and it is healthy to release one to two pounds a week, one to two pounds a week. And, you know, people say, oh, I only release eight pounds and da, 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 honey, kudos to you. Kudos, girl celebrate those eight pounds and to say only eight pounds, you know, as if that was, you know, easy and that wasn't something that you should celebrate. And so stop poo-pooing your, you know, success, celebrate you, shift your focus. I'm off on a tangent, but it's all about focus. Where your focus lies is where you're going to go. What you focus on is what you're going to get. Where you shift your energy to, where energy goes and um, things grow. It grows. So if you want to focus on the, what I say, meal prep and then movement, don't do both of them. One at a time. One at a time one at a time. 
give, give, give this month to movement next month, focus on meal prep. Then, you know, you can find something else to focus on, but one, one thing to focus on at a time and give it your full undivided attention. When you do that, you will find greater success. All right. Thanks, sis. All right, queens, we have come to the end. I know, I know this was juicy conversation. I didn't even want it to end. We will have um, Cam back on again. And I think we're thinking about some collaborations and how we can do some things together. And we are going to have a um, good time just just chatting it up with y'all. But coming to an end of this podcast, we have some new things coming out. As you heard me mention to Cam that we are launching a recipe, a cookbook of the month club. And each month you'll be getting a cookbook. They are all digital. I want to be clear. Everything will be digital, but we have some good cookbooks coming free, um, coming out to you all because everyone keeps saying, Wendy, I want recipes. I want this. I want cookbooks. And, you know, I listen, right? And it's here and it's coming. So I will be launching that um, next week. It'll be next week. I'll launch it and I'll make sure everyone knows and have links. And if you're on the mailing list in the group, if you're not in the group, please join Black Girls Keto too. Please. I need you. I need to see you. You need to be there. We have way more fun over there. All right, ladies, I am off to have way more fun this day. And I encourage you to do the same until next time. Have a good one on purpose.